What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Dan Show. How you guys been? You guys been doing okay? Staying sane in uh, in this quarantine? Look, I know it's been a couple weeks since I've last checked in with you guys. Um, I've been dealing with a lot of headaches on my own. I'm sure we all are. Right now, I'm I'm chilling in this house in New Jersey, which belongs to my friend's mother, and she currently is living in the UK. So both myself and you know, a few friends of mine from college were occupying <laughs> this uh, this territory, their house, and uh, until this this thing's over. But I left my apartment in New York, which still has, you know, my things, furniture, belongings, clothes, random other shit, uh, charger to my razor, which I uh, <laughs> I didn't realize I forgot that. And this is the last month of my lease, so I was originally going to resign. Now I'm not, and I'm dealing with the owners and management of my building and. They all live in China. They have no idea who the hell I am or what's going on. They, they probably are the ones who started this. <laughs> I'm kidding. But look, it's, uh, it's been a lot of headaches, and, but we're all going to get through this, right? We're all going to get through this. I feel like everybody now is kind of settling into some form of routine. Um, for myself, you know, I'm a comedian, so like I don't have a day job. My job was to do comedy, um, and now I'm, I can't do that in terms of there's no live comedy. So I've just kind of been chilling like a housewife drinking red wine and watching the Sopranos all day, which is not a bad life. It's really not like all things considered when I get in that kind of, you know, that mode where I'm just kind of chilling, I'm, I'm watching the Sopranos. I'm burning through episodes. I'm having a glass of white, red wine. I'm, I'm eating a slice of salami and I forget about the quarantine. I'm like, oh, this is this is great. Like, what what was I so worried about? And then, you know, I go on Twitter and I, I check the news. And I'm like, oh, the world is coming into an end. So, but yeah, yeah, man, it's it's fucking crazy. But we've all been dealing with it in different ways. I, I what I what I do think uh, this time is good for. It's a good time to reflect. You know, um, it's a good it's a good time to call people that you haven't spoken to in a while. Which, by the way, this is. This this is fucking crazy. This is something I found out yesterday. So, uh, yeah, like I said, you know, we're calling people. It's a good time to speak to people you haven't spoken to in a while. So the other week, I guess about a week ago, about a week ago, this uh, uh, this guy you haven't spoken to, a friend of mine, um, our families are friends. I grew up with the kid. I haven't spoken to him in a number of years. He calls me, you know, like last week. And I was on the phone with somebody else at the time, so I didn't get to pick up. But I texted him. I'm like, "Hey, what's up, man?" I was I was very caught off guard. I haven't spoken to him in a while. And he was like, "Oh, I just want to know. Are you, are you are you back home in Florida, or are you in New York?" And I'm like, "Nah, I'm actually in New Jersey." He's like, "Ah, oh, okay, yeah, man, I'm in Florida." You know, he he moved away. He uh, he does fucking whatever. He's in the circus or some shit. I don't know. But he was like, "Look, yeah, man, I'm I'm just bored as hell. There's nothing to do here. And in my hometown, there there is nothing to do except for Xanax or sell it." So there's, I get, I was like, yeah, dude, I, I feel that man. It sucks. Just got to hunker down. Little did I know. I, I, I was on the phone with my mother a couple days ago. She, she brings this guy up. I didn't, I didn't mention that he had called. She brings this guy up. She's like, oh, did you know this guy and his mom have, have the Roni, the COVID 19. I'm like, are you fucking serious? That's what a coincidence. He called me. She was like, what? I was like, yeah, you wanted to hang out. She's like, are you, are you serious? I'm like, yeah. She's like, oh, it's so weird. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it, it is weird. And then I, and then I was thinking about it 
a couple of days go by. I call my mom back up. I'm like, look, hey, mom, did he did he know that he had the Roni when he called me? Like, how long ago was he diagnosed? And she was like, yeah, he knew like as soon as as soon as he his mom picked him up because he works in the circus. Not literally. I'm not going to say where he works, but his mom picked him up like to go back to, you know, childhood home. And I guess he had known then. So he called me fucking knowing that he had the Roni and he was going to go back to like some town in Florida, wherever he went to school and like go out with friends. And these are, these are people I grew up with in Florida. So, I mean, <laughs> this guy was good at fucking just give me the Roni or just, I don't know. Was he, was he mad? Is he mad at me? Cause I was so weirded out. Like I haven't talked to him in like four or five years. I was like, Oh, this guy must be bored as shit. Then I found out he has, the fucking virus and he's trying to hang out with me. At what point does this become like domestic terrorism? He's just going to, he's just going to give me the disease that we're all like paranoid about. It's crazy, dude. It really pissed me off. I went off on him on the phone with my mom. She's like, yeah, some people I'm just not going to talk to after this. I'm like, you know what, mom, you're right. You're absolutely right. Some people are fucking out of their minds. People, a lot of people in Florida are going ape shit, not caring. They're like hanging out with friends. They're having gatherings. Is this what a, what a crazy scenario this is to where like it's such a di- we're, we're living in a dystopian society already where we're like, oh, did, did you hear uh, that the Johnsons are they, they had a barbecue in their backyard. They had a gathering. They had some people over. Everyone's like, oh, God. Those monsters. Those monsters. I just like five months ago, it would be the other way around. It's like, hell yeah, the Johnsons, they never go outside. They're crazy people. They're psychopaths. They're serial killers. They never leave their house. Now those are the heroes. Now those are the normal people. If you leave your house, you're fucking crazy. It used to be the people that didn't leave their houses. They were like the Jeffrey Dahmers. It's like, oh, that guy's a little weird, just kind of hangs out in his room. Now we're like, that guy's a hero and he's responsible. That guy should get a, uh, a medal. Should have an award. What a good guy. What a, what a model citizen that guy is for doing nothing. Do you hear about Timmy? Yeah, he just, he just sits in his room and he, and, he, and he watches Netflix on his laptop. Good kid. Always knew he's a good kid. Five months ago, yeah, Tim, he's just uh, just sits in his room all day and he... He watches Netflix. It's like, oh, God, that guy's <laughs> suicidal. Now it's suicidal to, to go outside and interact with people. I was at the grocery store the other day coughing on old people and uh, getting supplies for myself, mostly Cheez-Its. And it was, it was like a sci-fi movie, dude. It was like a Stephen King novel brought to life. People are, every, I mean, everyone's wearing masks. Everyone's wearing masks. I was wearing a mask, gloves. Oh, the, <laughs> the works, dude. The whole getup, you know? The swag, the swag kit. And, uh, dude, we get to the grocery store. Everyone's kind of in and out, which I get, but it's just, it was very surreal. Cause I haven't left this house in a couple weeks and we go to get groceries. We're, we're like, it was a big, big deal, dude. There's three people staying here. Only two of us went. Cause we we're like, ah, we just got to be careful. No need for all of us to go and risk it. So, you know, we were with the protective gear. We get there. We're very in and out. We have the list. We're like, it's, it was just weird to be out in public. Like we ran into some people that we knew and we were just kind of like, Hey, goodbye. There's no small talk. And also, what are you going to talk about? If you run into someone that, you know, 
ah, this is crazy. Yeah, whatever. You just see the look in their eyes. There's like, they're all wide eyed, but there's nothing behind there because <laughs> this is a soulless life. But it, the craziest thing about being in the grocery store, which uh, since then, you know, I think yesterday or something, they uh, in New Jersey suggested that nobody go to grocery stores for the next two weeks. So, I mean, we got in and out of there right on time. But the, the craziest the craziest part about it was was the music. It was like basic, you know, like grocery shopping music, like Hallmarky type music. And then but between every song, the, the DJ was like, please uh, make sure to maintain social distancing and stay six feet away from your fellow customers. Donate to blah, 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 dot, blah, to help ensure that our employees are safe. Now, enjoy your music. And then it's like the Friends theme song. It's like, I'll be there for you. And people are just like running in circles, trying to snag up Doritos and coffee and get the fuck out of there. So they don't, they don't get killed. Meanwhile, my friend in Florida is like going through the the yellow pages, just reaching out to people that he barely knows. Cause he's, he can't, you know, like watch the Sopranos like I'm doing. It's fucking nuts. This whole thing is showing people's true colors. You know, the, the move, the move is, is FaceTiming and calling people. It's great. I do that. I, I FaceTime or call someone uh, a couple times a day, whether it's my family or friends. One thing that is really bothers me about is I have two friends who I speak to regularly, love them both. They fucking, they, the, the phone will die. Their phone will die when I try to call them or like when we're on, we'll be on, not when I try to call them, but we'll be on the phone. And then w- without warning, the call will hang up. And now I've learned that these two people, their, their phones are dying, but whose phone really died? I mean, how do you, how do you let your phone die while you're on the call with somebody? Usually you, you give a warning. If it's like, you're not near a charge or you're outside, or you're in the car or something. You're like, Hey, look, uh, by the way, my phone might die. My phone's about to die. I'm at 4%. Okay, okay, now I know if, if the phone cuts off, that's what happened. Or if you're in your house, which everybody's in their house now, how do you let your phone die? How does, how does your phone really die in a quarantine? If your phone's dying in a quarantine, you're just kind of an irresponsible person. Like, we're on a call. If I'm calling someone, if someone calls me and I'm on, like, 2%, I'm either going to find an outlet to plug my shit in or I'm going to text and be like, yo, let me, phone, let me charge my phone for, like, 10, 15 minutes. It's egregious. These people are just letting their phones die. And I'm like, you're my only, <laughs> this is the best part of my day is calling someone that, you know, isn't here. I love the people I'm staying with, but it's like, it's a form of entertainment. It's just FaceTiming people. That's how you socialize. It's hanging out. That would be, dude, I mean, like letting your phone die now without warning during a phone call or FaceTime Without warning, without warning the other person is the new form of an Irish exit. It's the digital Irish exit, the Irish goodbye. I mean, literally, dude, letting your phone die during a FaceTime without warning is like me and you hanging out and I'm like you're mid-conversation and I just walk out the door. Not because I don't like you, but because I had to like go pick up my grandma from the doctors or something, but I just didn't tell you. I had to like run errands, go grocery shopping for my mom. 
You'd be like, what, dude, what the fuck? Why don't you tell me? And then later on, I'm like, hey, man, sorry. I had, uh, <laughs> I had to pick up some bread. It's like, what? You weren't going to tell me? I only, you know, have so many things that I can do with my time. FaceTiming you is one of them. That's the only reason we're on this call right now. Because we can't go outside. I can't go to a party. I can't go to the gym. Like I said, I've been staying at this house in New Jersey. I'm very grateful. <laughs> you know, things are things are good. All things considered, things are good. For me at least. I can't I don't know what you guys are going through. Look, it's it's a good time to reflect and think about what you could be thankful for. I mean, I'm very lucky to be with friends during this time. My two good buddies. We've been finding ways to pass the time. You know, me, I've been like a housewife. They have day jobs. Like I said, I'm drinking red wine and watching the Sopranos. I go for a walk. It's nice out. I've been playing basketball. It's a very, I'm, I'm in like a suburban neighborhood, like an, outs, an hour outside the city in Jersey. So there's not a ton of people here. I've been playing basketball at this court nearby. And apparently people in the neighborhood, I've, I've made it to like some, you know, housewife Facebook page where people are like upset. They're like, oh, people are still playing basketball on the courts. I'm like, I'm one person. There's no one else here. Your, your child is not here. It's just me I'm trying to work on my left hand, I'm trying to work on my jump shot. Let me be. <laughs> but I've been running. There's been people out. Some, some people are very shut off, which I get. When you go outside, if you're going for a walk and if you've seen other people, some people are very like, hey, what's up? Some people, you can tell they just don't want to fuck with you. They don't want any part of you. And, dude, I mean, like, we're, we were already, like, racing towards mostly being on our phones anyway. I mean, now everyone's screen time is probably doubled on their phones. So maybe this is a part of, like, evolution. Maybe this is, like, we'll look back in the history books and, like, when did, when did it really turn that we were, were all digital? that were like t- completely plugged in. So we were already moving in that direction. But then when you force everyone to be isolated from each other, I mean, dude, this would have sucked if we didn't, if this happened like a hundred years ago, which I mean, it, it literally did. <laughs> but imagine not having, <laughs> it literally did happen a hundred years ago. That's, that's hilarious. But if you didn't have a phone, you'd be fucked. I'd be fucked. What would I do? I can't watch The Sopranos. If I didn't have like Netflix and HBO, imagine not having any of that and having to read. Dude, I tried to, my dad, my dad had this like online course thing, like online classes, uh, site or streaming service. It's, it's like a whole library of online courses. He sent me the login. So I started watching one of them and within five minutes, I'm like, oh, this is like, you know, I'm on my phone. I'm like, oh, maybe I should like. Should I like have a drink or something? I, I, I was like totally distracted and I reverted back to like my old college self. I'm like, yeah, dude, like, like I was in online classes. Like, yeah, dude, this sucks. Like I got to text somebody. I got to go out. I want to get drunk. It's like I've been do- watching this, this presentation or this lecture for five minutes on like, you know, human evolution or some shit. And it was all for me. It was for nobody. And I just couldn't even pay attention to it. So I was, I really learned, I, that I was never meant, I'm not meant to learn 
a lot of things. I'm not meant to sit down and read. I'm meant to just fuck around, which is not good. I've had jobs and I, I have a degree, but that's the reason I was doing comedy is because I didn't want a real job. And now I can't do comedy. So I got to I gotta figure the fuck out. I tried to like, you know, watch these online courses. Just did not happen. It's uh it's 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 hard man it's but like i said it's a it's a good time to reflect it's a great time to reflect i mean i mean i've been thinking about you know because i guess i'm trying to get things out of my apartment in new york and i'm wondering if i'm going to be even moving back to new york city what new york is going to look like after all of this and i mean maybe i'll go to la maybe i hang on here in jersey for the time being is the plan maybe i'll go back to florida who knows if they cut off domestic air travel. But I, I've been thinking about when I first moved to New York and what that was like. So I have all this time to think. <laughs> and I'm like, how did this, how did I get here? How did I get in this moment now? Like what led me to being quarantined in New Jersey? Because there's a lot of different, you know, steps that have, that have gotten me here. You know, deciding to move to New York, if I never did that, if I waited six months, maybe I never would have gone to New York. Like if I waited six months after when I said I was going to move to New York. So this is, this, is, this is what happened. This is, this is how, this is, you know, the story of how I moved to New York is I moved right after I graduated college, like, like three weeks afterwards. And I decided I was going to go to New York. So I went to school at Florida State University in Tallahassee, Florida. Go Knowles, baby. Great fucking school. I mean, dude, I did, I did stand up for the first time when I was 17. I didn't do it again until I was like 21 uh, when I was in college. And then I started doing it more. Then when I was, you know, a senior in college, I was like, ah, maybe, you know, I'm, I think I'm going to keep doing this. I really like it. So I'm going to move somewhere where I can get better. And New York is the best option. Originally, I was going to move like six months after I graduated. I told my mom, I was like, yeah, I want to be, I graduated spring of 2018. I told my mom, I was like, yeah, I want to be in New York by 2019. That's my goal. She was like, well, why not just move now? And I didn't have an answer. I was like, wow, mom, what good advice. Who would have thought? <laughs> and love you, mom. And then I, I, so I moved. I didn't have a job. I found an apartment kind of last minute. I was just going to move and, and crash on couches and look for places. No apartment, no job. June 3rd is the day I moved. Luckily, about like a week or so prior to that, maybe not even, I found an apartment. One of my friends was moving to, moving to the city. She just wasn't going to be there in the summer when I was moving. She was going to move in the fall, but she was like, look, my lease has already started, so why don't you just sublet my apartment, sublet my room in this apartment for the summer? And I was like, oh, my God, thank you so much. So this place was in Hell's Kitchen. I knew nothing about Hell's Kitchen. I didn't know what it was. I was looking to maybe move to Brooklyn or Queens. Who knows? I was like, I probably can't afford Manhattan. Turns out everywhere is expensive in New York. So I moved to Hell's Kitchen, knew nothing about it, just Google search. Turns out it's it's the uh, the cultural hub of the gay community in New York. I'm like, all right, uh, I'm with the Florida state. You know, I grew up in a place called branded Florida where people are selling Percocet. No one was outwardly gay. (laughs) 
So it'll be a culture shock. It'll be different. Cool. Whatever. Moving to New York, baby. I just need a place to go. Get there. And it, it, by the way, it was so funny when I, when I was moving there, I was like, yeah, you know, I'll probably get hit on by some of these guys. No, did not happen. I was the ugliest dude there by far. Like, dude, I, 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 I didn't know these people are like, they're all like jacked bodybuilders who are like hairless from the eyebrows down, like waxed. And they all have like perfect jaw lines. I'm like, these are just like, like an army of like hairless bodybuilding gay men living in, in, in midtown Manhattan West. <laughs> it was, it was nuts. I was like, okay, this is, this is different. And I moved right, right, uh, right before pride month started. So once that started, I moved right before pride month started. So it was just like, dude, it was, it was, that neighborhood was popping. And I lived right across the street from, from a, uh, gay nightclub, strip club type deal. I never really got, I literally lived right across from, I never really got the full gist of it, but I just heard like house music, like whatever, whatever that was. I can't do house music. I just heard house music at all hours of the night until like four or 5 a.m. So my apartment was a, it was on the fifth floor and it was a walk up. So that didn't really bother me. That bothers some people. What, what sucks about that the most and I've learned this, you know, repeatedly because the apartment that I'm still currently signed with is a five floor walk up is moving shit to your apartment. So if you order a mattress, that's going to suck. You got to get it up there. Bed frame, desk, whatever it is. My parents is like a graduation gift in college. Got me like a suitcase. And I say like a suitcase because it was between like a duffel bag and a suitcase. Like it had a hard bottom, but then like a duffel bag top to it. And it would roll, but it, it was, it wasn't like a, a real suitcase. So it, didn't, it couldn't like stand up straight. So you always kind of had to hold it and it was without anything in it, probably like 40 or 50 pounds. I'm not kidding. It was like six feet long. It's huge. I hate the fucking thing. It was more like a curse than a gift. So I moved to New York with that, another suitcase and I think a duffel bag and a backpack. I can't remember. I think it was, I think it was a suitcase, a duffel bag. And my backpack were the, were the, yes, those are the things that I brought with me uh, to move to New York, no furniture or anything. So I have to lug all that shit up to the fifth floor. That was a fucking nightmare. I get to the apartment for the first time, meet my roommate. I'd never met her before. Didn't know who she was. Also female. It was a girl never lived with a woman other than my mother. So it was a lot of, a lot of new experiences for me. So I, I get there and it's a decent apartment. It's, I mean, it's small. It's not huge. There's some exposed brick, which is very common in Hell's Kitchen apartments. She was great. She was very nice. Gave me like a full like rundown of the city, some nearby train stations. She told me what Dwayne Reed was. I had no idea what it was. She was like, oh, you know, in case you need some, just go to Dwayne Reed. I'm like, who's Dwayne Reed? (laughs) Who is Dwayne? If I need something, I got to go like kiss the pinky ring on Dwayne Reed. So I, I was very clueless to a lot of shit that was going on in New York. Dwayne Reed is like a, is like a CVS or Walgreens pharmacy type place. If, uh, if you, if you don't know what that is for some reason. So, so I get there to my apartment and this, this, the room that I'm staying in is, is a flex room. So if you don't know what that is, a lot of apartments in New York, if they're like a one bedroom, a little bit bigger, two bedroom, a little bit bigger. Sometimes people will put up a wall, like a fake wall. Well, it's a real wall, but. It wasn't built into the apartment. They'll put up their own wall to create 
another room in the apartment for someone to to rent out to lighten the load for monthly rent for everybody. So a one-bedroom apartment turns into a two-bedroom. And that was the case with, with me in this apartment. So I was sleeping behind this this wall, which the wall, the wall didn't even really, the wall didn't reach the ceiling. The wall didn't reach the ceiling. So, and it was just like, there was no door. So I just was like this little partition that I slept on the other side of that from the living room slash kitchen. And for the first couple of days, there was no mattress. So I slept on the couch, but then eventually my, the girl that I was subletting the apartment from, she got, she ordered a mattress for me, which is great, but there's, there's no bad frame or anything. There's no other furniture. So I just slept on this mattress on the floor behind this wall that didn't even reach the ceiling. And, and another thing with this apartment. So with, with a lot of apartments in New York, especially like around my price range, which is not high. There's always like a big, but for apartments, you know, like it's, it's great. It has this, it has exposed brick, uh, locations, great fire escape with a good view, but, and the, the, but for this apartment was the bathroom. The only bathroom was in my roommate's bedroom. So whenever I had to, do my business. I had to go through her bedroom, which I didn't know her really. And to, to use the bathroom if I had, if I got home, if I wanted to shower in the morning or at night, I had to do that. I'm sure I woke her up shitting multiple times. There's no doubt to my mind about that. And, and she had a boyfriend. So sometimes he would sleep over. A lot of times he would sleep over and there's no chance I was walking through there when he was there. So I'm not walking in on anything. So how did I, how did I work through this? How did I figure it out? Here was, this was my big plan. My big, my big workaround. What I did is I had Gatorade bottles in my, uh, partition room that I would use to relieve myself in at night when I didn't want to go through her bedroom to use the bathroom. So I would pee in these Gatorade bottles and just let them sit overnight. Sometimes I would forget to throw them out the next day. So they would just collect like, not like a hundred of them. It wasn't like a seance around my bed, but it was like a couple. I mean, this is just, <laughs> and you can't, cause you can't throw a Gatorade bottle of piss away in your small trash can in your kitchen. When you have a roommate that you don't even, I mean, it doesn't matter who the roommate is. Even if it's just you, you just shouldn't be doing that. So you'd have to, I'd have to walk downstairs five, five floors to throw them away in the dumpster. So in the morning when I would get up and run errands to go to work, which I'll get to where I worked in a second, I finally found a job, but I would, yeah, we'd have to walk downstairs with a Gatorade bottle full of piss, like a crazy person. You never know who your neighbors are. Sometimes they could be carrying Gatorade bottles of pee. When you, when you walk past the, the stair in the stairwell. So that was, that was the first couple months of me living in New York. I only lived there for a few months, but another, another thing with this apartment and, and my, and my roommate, she was great. She was very sweet. Um, the only time I ever was like upset or annoyed with her is so there was no, there's no AC in this apartment, no central air. Most apartments in New York don't. 
Many of them don't. I would say most of them don't. And, but she had like a, like a, a AC unit for her room. So her room was fine. It would get cold at night in her room when it was like a hundred degrees outside. So she was fine. There was no central air. The living room was pretty, pretty warm. And I moved there in the summer and summers in New York are fucking brutal. When I moved there in June, the first week was cool. It was, it was like 50, 60 degrees still. It was, it was, and, but then, you know, after a couple of weeks, you know, we started cranking the temperature up. There's no way you see in this apartment. None. And weeks would go by, dude. I'd wake up sweating. I mean, it was fucking 95 to 100 degrees and having to be outside in New York in the heat with that. And then there's no like cool apartment to go back to. It fucking sucked. I was just hot all the time. Eventually, my, my roommate told me, she was like, oh, yeah, I have a boxed fan that I don't use if you want it. After weeks of me sweating, I was so annoyed. I was like, you, I, I complain about this every day. It's like most of what I talk about is how fucking hot it is. Can't open a window. You can't close the window. You don't know what to do. There's nothing you can do. Dead air. And on the fifth floor, it's the hottest. Because, you know, heat rises. I lived in a basement apartment since then. A lot cooler. Even in the heat, a lot cooler. A lot of mold, but a lot cooler. So this five-floor walk-up, crazy hot, stuffy. Finally, she gives me the, the box fan. And I have a couple options with this fan. I can leave it set at, the, at, at my feet and blow towards me and just kind of get my whole body. Very weak fan. Like all buildings in New York have this fan. If you're from New York, you've been to New York, you live there, you know what fan I'm talking about. And, or I could, I could let it sit next to my face and fucking, you know, get some air that way. But the fan is dusty as shit. And I'm, I'm, I'm very allergic to dust. No one wants dust blowing in their face. But that's what I had to do because it was so, dude, it was so hot. You couldn't let it sit at your feet and blow at you. It was too hot. So, yeah, I had to let this dusty fan sit next to my face, eight inches from my face. And that was like my first two months in New York is sleeping on this mattress on the floor behind this wall in an apartment where I didn't know the person and had to use their bathroom, which was in their bedroom to shower or whatever. And, it, dude, it was so hot that, like... There's no AC, so it was so hot that even if I took a cool shower, I, I didn't even, like, evaporate. <laughs> you know, you could, like, air dry. Not that I would, but, like, you get out and it's stuffy again. Take a cold shower. It, like, that lasts for, like, a couple minutes. The, the, you know, the refreshing, cool feeling. And then you're just, you're hot again. So... That was, that was the first couple months. That was my living situation. My work situation, a couple weeks in, I got a job working at Chick-fil-A in Times Square. Not like a corporate job. So this girl, the first girl that I, I hooked up with in New York, she worked at like Chick-fil-A corporate. And she knew I needed a job because I was sleeping on a mattress on the floor behind this wall. And she, like, set up Chick-fil-A's, and she was like, look, I can get you this job. Like, you know, I get you a job at Chick-fil-A. I was like, yeah. You know, I'm from the South. Chick-fil-A was chill, get free food. It was relaxed. Everybody's happy there. So not the case. I got free food. You get one free meal a day and then 50% off everything else. 
which was great. And other than that, I ended up being like the janitor there. Dude, the people, the people I worked with were fine, but not what I expected. First of all, I was the only white guy there who worked there. And I was on the floor where I was working because I was taking orders. I was like the only guy. A lot of Dominican chicks from the Bronx and in the kitchen, a lot of black dudes from Brooklyn. That was kind of like the, the setup. And then there was me, white dude who lived in Hell's Kitchen and went to Florida State. I mean, dude, I'm not, I'm not kidding. Like everybody, a lot of people I worked with there, they were, they were on welfare and they would like meet every morning, like four or five, six of them employees to kind of like go over and give each other advice on what they should do for food stamps. Cause a lot of them were supporting another family member, whether it be a brother, sister, a mother, grandmother, or a child or a combination, just the way it was. So that was a culture shock. I'm living in this, this gay neighborhood run by jacked hairless bodybuilders living in a, a five floor walk up behind this half wall, peeing in Gatorade bottles and sweating all night. And then I'm the the Chick Fil A was close enough to where I didn't have to take the train, but I it was kind of like a mile away ish. It was just the way it was laid out, like you know the city's laid out. It was like point seven point eight miles away that it wasn't realistic for me to take a train, so I'd have to like run there every morning, get there at eight a.m. from eight a.m. to four p.m. Monday through Friday, I worked at this Chick Fil A, and dude, just like I cleaned windows every morning for three hours. I ended up becoming like a janitor sort of because I was the only guy working there on the floor. <laughs> this is my first experience moving to New York from college where in college I was in a fraternity. I was going to the gym. I was like, you know, had a great social life. It's chilling. Had a great life. And then I moved to New York and then I, mean, I was still positive, but I mean like, dude, I really flipped flipped the script on myself. So I'm working at this Chick-fil-A. I can't believe I did all this shit, by the way. Like, I'm so happy that I did all that stuff. And that's why it's like this whole Corona shit is so frustrating is because I did this, this shit job and shit apartment situation and figuring out New York and a lot of hard work and just, you know, really going through it and put myself out there and then, you know, this whole thing kind of upends all of us and, you know, especially comedians like myself, but I'm working on this Chick-fil-A um, and I'm cleaning windows every morning and there's people protesting the Chick-fil-A every morning. There's like an inflatable rat that they had outside there because these workers uh, were upset that we used or not. We, Chick-fil-A used non-union uh, construction workers for, you know, whatever. So they were protested every morning. I'm walking around them trying to clean these windows. That takes like two hours, three hours sometimes. I go in, I clean the store, I take my 30-minute lunch break. People, people that I worked with, you know, they're very nice. Um, I didn't have a ton of friends there. I just got along with people. Um. And then from 12 to 4, I mean, the rush hour was insane. Like, dude, line out the door. And eventually, and, and these, these customers are not all, like, sweet people. 
mean, a lot of the line is just never ending and they're all upset. A lot of them are upset. They're in a rush. They're it's Times Square. A lot of them are tourists. They're clueless. I mean, I saw some shit working this Chick-fil-A. I'm not fucking kidding. I'm not kidding, dude. I mean, these people, so many of them, they would yell at you. You would, you know, they'd ask you for like a barbecue packet. You give it to them. They're like, I wanted honey barbecue. And I'm like, well, you didn't fucking say that, did you? You piece of shit. Dude, I was taking this guy's order once, and this is one of the craziest things I've ever seen. And imagine going from where I was in Tallahassee to, like, you know, drinking for free at, like, some club that, you know, one of my frat bros works at. And I'm, like, hitting on chicks to going from that to this. work Wearing, like, a sweaty red polo and black khakis that haven't been washed the entire time that I've owned them. My uniform with a little name tag that says, Dan. I'm saying my pleasure. And I'm taking some guy's order. I have, like, I'm holding, like, an iPad. And... Right outside the window, this is uh, traffic started to slow down a little bit with uh, in our store. This is post rush hour, and I'm taking this guy's order. And then outside, I see both me and the customer. We see this guy climb into a manhole, and he was he had some, some truck with him. He was like you know uh, worked for the city. You could tell, and he climbed into the manhole, and then like literally like seconds later, fire shot into the sky like twenty feet. And the guy did not climb out. And the guy looks at me, the customer, and he's like, I think you should call 911. And I was like, buddy, what do you want to drink? <laughs> like, what, do you want to make this a combo? You want to add bacon to the sample? What do you want, dude? What do you want from me? You see what I'm doing? I'm taking your fucking order. How about you call the cops, you, <laughs> you fucking piece of shit? What do you want me to, what am I supposed to do? I'm working for 15 an hour, which becomes like 11 an hour after taxes, making no, making no money, sleeping on a mattress in a sweaty apartment on the floor, peeing in Gatorade bottles. And you're, you know, you're wearing a fucking suit. You call the cops. It's not my job. This happened outside the store. I don't, I don't care about this guy. I truly, I don't, I mean, I'm sorry, but like, dude, my life was not good on paper, you know, the things that I was doing, if you just looked at my day, it wasn't fun. It was a lot of work. Cause then I would go at, at for, after 4 PM, I would go to do open mics and just bombing my ass off running around a city that I didn't, you know, really know or understand. I had no money. So I was barely eating. I'm walking everywhere, walking like eight, nine miles a day. I'm on my feet all day, cleaning, stocking the shelves, I mean, it was so hot because eventually our AC broke in our store and in our, in our restaurant at Chick-fil-A. So like I would go to the freezer downstairs, the walk-in freezer and just sit in there for like 10, 15 seconds. I mean, that's how crazy it was. It's a fucking crazy adjustment to, to New York. Crazy, crazy, just like going from being in Florida on the beaches. And I mean, if I stayed in Florida until, you know, like 2019, like I said, I was going to, I would have been on the beach. Literally at that moment, I would have been on the beach drinking, you know, <laughs> a Mick Ultra with my, with my bros, 
not giving a fuck, but here I am taking this guy's order and watching a man explode. It was nuts. I mean, so much crazy shit happened to that Chick-fil-A. There was one day where the fire department came and they were like, hey, we heard you had an explosion. Uh, there's an explosion on 37th at 6. They're like, hey, we had, heard you had an explosion. Happened on 37th at 6. We saw it on the Citizens app. We're here to inspect it. And we're like, nah, we didn't hear anything. We were on 37th at 6. So we, if there was an explosion, we would we would fucking know. I mean, that was our, our store, our, our location. Then, I'm not kidding you, dude. Like an hour and a half, two hours later, there is an actual explosion. Like, we don't know what it was. It came from underground. This is a different day than the guy, like, who burst into flames. Totally different day. And we're like, what the fuck? Like, happened like an hour and a half, two hours later after the, the, the fire department left. And they didn't come back. And on that same day, I mean, how wild is that? They hear there's an explosion. There's not. That two hours later, it's kind of freaky shit. I don't even know how to explain it. And then literally that same day, I found out, found out towards the end of the day that someone OD'd in our bathroom upstairs. <laughs> Nuts. So there's an explosion during the day. Guy ODs upstairs. There's no AC. Customers are yelling. I'm mopping up. Dude, I would mop up and sweep the floor every day, multiple times a day. And customers are just like walking over, walking over me, essentially probably like spitting on me. It's probably what they wanted to do. Just spit on me. I mean, these, these people, they didn't give a fuck. I was like in their way. I mean, dude, when you do that shit, when your life is like that, when you, it, it fucks with your head and your sense of self-worth and it's tough like to kind of like, you got to hold your head up high. It sucked because dude, people would come in my age. I mean, I had a college degree. I'm working there. People would come into this Chick-fil-A my age and they're wearing like suits and like nice suits, clothes. And I know that they're coming there on the lunch break from some nice job that I could have. And they're my age and they have to look at me and be like, what the fuck did this guy do? This guy, like, I mean, I'm losing weight. This, I'm like, this guy's like a meth head. Probably works here to like, you know, he probably does meth after this. Like, no, I'm doing an open mic comedy and bombing. So, I mean, I, I've been reflecting on all this shit. You know, the, my start in New York is it was very tough. I don't think about it often. And it was tough. And I'm proud that I, that I went through all that. I mean, I saw people that I knew from college who just coincidentally came into the Chick-fil-A to order. And they looked at me. They're like, what are you doing? They didn't say it, but I could see it in their face. They were thinking like, what are you, what the fuck? There's a guy I went to college with. I was friends with. I worked with him in college. He just coincidentally was there. He moved to the city after graduation and he was confused as fuck. He was with friends. And he probably, I mean, dude, when he left the store with his friends, he was probably like, dude, that guy was funny. I worked with him. He was cool. What the fuck is he doing here? And I, I think about all that because, I mean, I was, you know, I've been in New York. Or I was in New York for about a year and a half-ish, maybe a little bit more. And I got to the point where I was able to quit a day job. I was going on tour opening for Tim Dillon. That fucking guy. You know, and I was like, oh, this is great. This is awesome. We're, you know, we did, we did two weekends 
And then the party got shut down. We did Charlotte, North Carolina, the comedy zone. And then we did Chicago, which was fucking great. We did uh, Zanies in Rosemont. We did Zanies in uh, downtown Chicago, Old Town Chicago. So, dude, it was, it was great. I mean, it was, it was fucking, we were on tour. It was awesome. Getting into Chicago, we were like, oh, are we going to be late? Like, we took the flight into Chicago from New York, JFK. And we're running a little bit late. We're like, ah, oh, fuck, dude. Like, we're going to have to go straight from the, the airport to the club. We're going to have to really fucking step on it in this Uber. And then we're in the flight and, like, there's crazy turbulence. We're, like, looking at each other like, oh, this is kind of funny, but also it's a little scary. And then we just, we get, there's, like, no one on the plane, too. It was weird. And then we get, we, we, we land, luckily. And then we go straight to the club. We're, like, rushing there. And... You know, did a show, packed show, had great sets, and then ate fucking chicken wings in the hotel after the show. And we were like, this is great. This is this is life. This is what the tour is going to be like. And then a couple weeks later, a month later, we're locked in our houses, being forced to download TikTok from the Chinese government, which here's it. This is what I fucking think. I mean, a lot of people are saying, some people... Not a lot of people, but some people are like, oh, this is a, this is a conspiracy for, you know, Chinese government started this so we could download TikTok. Maybe, dude, maybe, maybe this is a genetic bioweapon, this coronavirus, and it's aimed at people who can't do certain TikTok dances. And by the end of this, we'll all just be a bunch of TikTok dancing soldiers, an army of TikTok soldiers after this. Because you can't do certain like hip movements. You get pneumonia. Oh, whoa, we don't know how it's uh, who it's affecting. It's random. No, we know. If you can't fucking do the Charlie D'Amelio dances and the little huddy dances, you're fucked. But that's a good, I mean, it's a good time to reflect is what I'm, was what I'm trying to get at. You know, it's a good time to reflect. And it's, uh, I mean, you know, I'm here in New Jersey. Who knows if I'll go back to New York? I mean, a lot of us, we don't, we don't know what we're going to do. You know, I can't go back to Florida. The reason I did go back to Florida is because my grandmother's staying with my parents. I don't want to get her sick. I'm trying to do my part and social distance from the people that I love. But what's fucking crazy is like if one of my family members got it and and died, whatever the last time I saw them would be the last time that I ever see them. Which is fucking crazy. It's very dark to think about. But on a lighter note, uh I did try to cut my hair the other day and it went very poorly. <laughs> it did not go well. Um, I tried to cut my own hair, try to get myself a buzz cut. If you follow me on Instagram at Dan R Carney or on Twitter at Dan Man Carney, I put some pictures up on there. People made fun of me. It was great. If you guys can laugh at my expense, that would be awesome. I mean, it, dude, I really fucking butchered it. And if you're, if you're watching this, you know, I'm, I was wearing the hat the whole time. I'm taking the hat off. You guys can see, could see what I the, the damage that I did. I don't know if you guys could see it. I'll try to see if I can zoom in here, but I fucking I mean, dude, I botched it. I really went in and I botched it. it. The whole thing is uneven, but there's a big piece in the back that's clipped. Looks like I had brain surgery. <laughs> I mean, dude, I was using the clippers and uh the fucking the thing the thing fell off. Little little clip to it or whatever on the razor. It fell off when I was trying to do the back by myself. 
and just cut a, a, a fat chunk of hair off the back of my head. And ironically, coincidentally, it, it kind of looks like the shape of Florida. If you look at those pictures that I put up. So that's where we're at. And hopefully, you know, I could be a trendsetter and make shitty haircuts cool. I mean, I think there's going to be a lot of us that <laughs> that uh, running into the same problem. But that's where I'm at. You know, I'm shaving off my head, shaving off my hair. Really, uh, really holding up well. I had a little Britney Spears moment, but that was my first celeb crush. So shouts out to her. Guys, um, we're going to get through this. It's, it's, it's uh, you know, I was going to say it's not the end of the world, but no promises there. Um, but we, you know, look, we will get through this. Just fucking stay home. Don't be like that idiot who tried to hang out with me after five years. Once he finds out he has, you know, a disease, he's taking part of, or taking part of this global pandemic. These idiots, people, you know, they want to go out. They want to infect people. They want to cough on old people's tits. It's, it's just, it's just anarchy out there. Stay home. Don't be an idiot. Stay home for a few weeks until it's okay to go back out. And uh, subscribe to this podcast. That'll definitely help. Subscribe to it. Again, this used to be the Florida Boy Podcast. If you're already subscribed to that, then you're good. But if you're not subscribed to the Dan Show yet, subscribe to it. Leave a review if you can. It really helps me out. Share it with a friend. Follow me on Instagram. And hit me up if you guys have any questions or uh, anything you want to ask me for the next podcast episode. You know, hit me up with those via Instagram or Twitter. And guys, you take it easy. You take it easy. Oh, uh, real quick. Also, I'm putting these episodes up on YouTube. If you're not subscribed to me on YouTube, go ahead and do that. That also helps me. You know, that helps a lot. Guys, I love you all. Be safe for the love of God. Try to enjoy yourselves. Reflect. Be positive. And I'll catch up with you guys next week. See ya.